Building Your Personal Brand in the Age of Social Media, a keynote at Humber College and the topic of our episode today. This is Brand Igniter, helping brand leaders achieve exceptional business results. A podcast from Brand Igniter, Inc. Here is your host, Peter Rodriguez. Hello, I am Peter Rodriguez, a Chartered Marketer and CMO of Brand Igniter, Inc. I welcome you to our podcast, and I hope you find value in the content. Today, I'm going to share with you my recent keynote at Humber College. I spoke about personal branding and the strategies that will help you build it. I thank Humber College, Kim Morrison, and Rina Dimito for the opportunity to speak to such a great and engaging audience. So I hope you find value in it, and I will see you at the end of the keynote. And he's an award-winning marketing leader, a consumer expert, and a business entrepreneur. He's preceded by a 25-year career in media, advertising, and marketing, running some of the world's greatest brands in Canada and globally. And his accomplishments include rising to the top marketing position as head of marketing for the largest confectionery business unit worldwide at Warner Lambert in Mexico and global marketing assignments at WL's US headquarters. His marketing talent enabled him to consistently exceed his business objectives across industries, uh, including pharmaceuticals and food industries. Um, We're very, very fortunate to have Peter here with us today, and he is going to share some of that expertise as it applies to how to build your personal brand. And right before we got started, we had a little informal conversation and Peter commented on how given the world that we're living in and this movement towards, um, you know, a virtual world, a virtual business, and in many cases, hybrid, it's become even more important to build your personal brand and that perhaps we have to do it just a little bit differently. So I'm really um, like to give a warm welcome to Peter and uh, really looking forward to to hearing uh, all about you know, how we can build our personal brands and how that translates into landing our dream career jobs. So thank you once again, Peter, for being here. And without further ado, I'll pass it over to you. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure uh, to be here. And I want to thank Humber and also uh, Rina and Kim for the opportunity to be here with you to share some of the insight and learning that I have been acquiring over three decades working with people, marketers, brands, and building businesses. So what you're gonna hear today is something that I hope actually uh, helps you. And by the end of this conversation, I hope that you have found specific value that you can apply right away in order to do what um, Rina just said which is creating that pathway to your dream job, your dream career, your dream business. So um, this is all about you and it is going to be built on learning. So everything you're going to hear is based on my personal experience, my professional journey and um, the good and the bad. I have put it all together so that people can benefit from it. Um, I delivered this type of um, insights to a number of audiences and i have learned something after several years doing this Uh, this is something that is not usually learned 
through traditional programs. And um, that makes it even more interesting for me to work with because this is based on how to influence people based on the marketing strategies that build great brands. That's how I put it together. And I have entitled this how to build your personal brand. But in reality, this is about you. It's And I would like you to take a piece of paper and grab a, a pencil or a pen and make notes or use your device. Because I would love for you to ask questions and I'm more than happy to answer them. Um, so I'm gonna be using maybe about 20 minutes of your time to do this, 25. And then I would love to hear your questions so that we can make it more interactive. Does that work? Would that work for you? I hope so. Um, and anything that you would like to communicate, please share it on the uh, chat and um, so that we can get into something that you can really find value for you today. So um, I don't know how many of you may have already done some training uh, on how to build a personal brand. And I would like to ask you, what is a personal brand for you? Why would you need one? Is it something that you do when you are already at the top of your career or at the beginning of your career? When do you do that? And uh, as I asked this question from a number of audiences, like senior audiences, middle management, um, junior audiences, people who are just about to finish their formal uh, university years, um, I have found a very specific answer that resonates with everyone. And this is the answer. A personal brand is what people think of you. As simple as that. The moment they hear your name, the next thing they think about is your personal brand. And it has a tremendous value. I'm going to just take one second to um, tell you a little bit about my brand. Uh, what I do is I wake up sleepy brands. That's how I define the value that I bring. And in other words, what I do is I help people. Sorry about that. What I do is I help people and um, organizations grow their business faster. And I do that with the elements that I have put together over three decades working with businesses. So, uh, and that means that my know-how has been put into blueprints for brand management. And they're simple, proven in real life and ready to use. And you will see an example of that today. Uh, I'm also the creator of Brand Me, uh, the personal branding framework that you will see, and which is a full program that allows people and trains people on how to be effective at doing this uh, for their own business or their own careers. And it's based on the uh, time that I have been uh, spending with companies like running brands for companies like Pfizer, Nestle, J&J, Smucker, and Kellogg. So that opportunity of running those businesses gave me the insight on how to apply this for um, specific um, individuals. And, you know, also the opportunity of leading many marketers and teams. Um, I'm also the CMO branding at Rink, and as Rina said in, my, in the introduction, a charter marketer. I'm also a mentor with the American Marketing Association. I, I mentor a number of marketers in senior levels as well. So this is about how to introduce yourself, make the right impact, and get what you want. And not long ago, I found that the most difficult question to answer when you're meeting someone for the first time is tell me about yourself. A lot of people cannot do this well, and it doesn't matter how um, long a journey they've had, 
I have asked this from CEOs and they still struggle to give a good answer. They usually go back to speaking in past tense. So I was, I did, I've been, I trained, I everything in the past, but nothing that is relevant to current audiences. So why is that? There are a number of reasons for that to happen. You may have already um, experienced that yourself in your career. But the fact is that resonating today is not easy. It is even more difficult. We were just having a conversation about how being away from each other in a physical way during the pandemic has made this even more difficult. You're competing to uh, for the attention of people. Every time you meet someone, you're competing for a spot in their uh, awareness so that they can remember you and then potentially deliver a relationship with you. And this has become more critical in a virtual world. We don't have the ability to shake hands right now as much as we used to. And if this type of communication will be uh, more frequent than not. We will have in-person, but we will have a lot of this. I wonder if you know what these numbers are, and then uh, just put it on the chat if you know what these numbers are. Do they look familiar? I want to give you a hint. This is this is what's happened in the last um, two decades, from the beginning of the century to now, in the last 20 years, the attention span has gone dramatically down. So we started the century with an attention span of about 15 seconds, and now we're probably closer to six. So what does that mean to you when you're trying to introduce yourself and show the value that you offer to the world? That means that you are, and we all are, in the age of the escalator speech. The elevator speech is dead. No one has time for a 30-second speech anymore. They don't have the attention. By the time you're at second number 10, they're thinking about a ton of other things. They're making their own judgments and they're not necessarily paying attention to you. That's reality. And unfortunately, we live in that world. So what what do you do about that? Especially in a world where you have to teach me how to think of you. That's your job. Every time that you interact with someone, that is the number one job that you need to make sure you do. Teach others how to think of you. Because there's a penalty for not doing that. And I'd like you to consider this very seriously. Because if you don't teach me, I will make up my own story about you. And that is a very bad place to be. Because then I will make up whatever story I want based on what I hear. Based on what I selectively choose to focus my attention on. So this is a very serious thing when you're actually trying to get to a new role, to be considered for a new position, to be seen as the right candidate, to be seen as the right solution for a problem, or when you want to conduct any business. This happens to a lot of people, this happens to all of us, and it takes effort to create and manage your own brand. You need to retain control of how people think of you. And that is doable, that is possible. The downside, the, 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 the consequence of not doing this is becoming lost in the sea of sameness. And the sea of sameness is everywhere. It, you can see that um, in resumes, for example, over in my career, I have hired so many people. I have interviewed, I don't know how many people. And every time that I look at resumes, they all look the same. It's a sea of sameness. So 
Very few individuals stand out, not only from their resume, but from a whole marketing plan that they have purposely put together so that they stand out. And believe me, even myself, when I applied these principles to my own career, they provided the biggest return on investment. Because um, as you can see in my content, if you have followed, if you follow my my um, my uh, LinkedIn feeds or my videos, that has helped me uh, outpace and outperform people who are smarter than me, who are like probably better candidates than me. But at the end of the day, it is what you can help people understand about your own value and how you're going to help them solve their problems that counts. So I hope that you can see this in what I'm about to share with you. So there are three um, big obstacles in building your brand. So if this is so important, why don't people do it? Why don't people teach it? Why aren't there more programs out there teaching people how to do it? Well, first of all, because you need marketing strategy to do this. This is a strategic exercise in marketing. It's not a fancy way of creating a digital program or promotion for your name. And it's very important to understand that. What you're going to see is pure strategy applied to your own profile. But the traps that you will find in building your personal brand are basically three. Number one, wearing only a corporate cloak. The corporate cloak is the name of the company you work for or anything that you have worn before, which always, it always feels so comfy and good. I mean, I am the president of this company. I am the CEO of this other company. I am the brand manager of this brand. And those are very important and good things to have. But if you have nothing underneath, if you don't have a nice shirt under that cloak, then it's going to come back and haunt you. Because when that corporate cloak is gone, when you speak about that cloak, it's going to sound like irrelevant. It's only in the past, not in the present. So and this is one of the reasons why um, people trip up in building their brands. Uh, the second one is believing that experience and skill are enough. People go and sell their skills as if that skill could be a point of difference. A skill is not a point of difference. A skill is only a reason to believe in the brand because people want to hear about the benefits that you offer them for their problems. And then you support that with the reasons to believe, which include experience and skill. So my suggestion to everyone who is building a, um, uh, a post-secondary school and start early as, as early as possible, make sure that you define what is the benefit that you provide and support it, deliver that with the experience and skill that you're accumulating. But don't do it the other way around because then you become a commodity. There will always be people with a equivalent level of skill or a lower level of skill or a higher level of skill. But if you are the one who can articulate the value and the benefits better, then you're going to stand out. Now, the third reason why people do not, what, why people fail in creating a, uh, a brand is being shy to market your personal brand. And this applies to us here in Canada. Like we Canadians feel that we should not brag about our accomplishments, and that is true. But at the same time, we shouldn't do the opposite. Um, true humility is not saying more than you are, but not saying less than you are. Honesty is true humility. And um, by virtue of this technique, this method that I teach, 
people get to be very comfortable in making sure people understand their value without sending something, you know, negative. Uh, a lot of people are afraid of that and they miss opportunities for that reason. And I teach people to avoid making this error. So think of your profile as a brand. That is job number one. Even if you're not in marketing or if you're in marketing, with that's even more so important, uh, but you need to manage it as a brand. That is what it is. So what is a brand in the end? It has three different aspects. A brand is a promise of consistent delivery. It's a shortcut to understand your value and it is an incredible asset. And I'm gonna talk about this in detail. So why is it so important to manage your profile as a brand? Two reasons. One is because you can create demand and you want to do that before people know you, before people, people actually shake hands with you. You need to start creating demand. If you start with awareness, you start getting attention, and then you start getting into their consideration set. If you do that, by the time you meet them, then you will have you will not be a stranger. You will not be uh, someone completely unknown. And the beauty of this time that we're living is that you can do that through places like LinkedIn, for example, which is a fantastic platform. You can create a lot of that awareness way ahead of time and stand out. But the more important reason, and I would like, if you take only one thing away from this presentation, is that by having a good brand, you can justify a premium price. You don't want to be in a position where you are selling on price. And this is, I cannot stress this enough. If you only sell your skill and experience and expertise, it's almost like you're selling a commodity. You're selling private label. It's almost like you're selling a no-name product. It only competes on price and on generic attributes. You want to be the Starbucks of coffee. You want to be charging a lot more for the same product, basically, because you're actually providing this huge value that's perceived only in the consumer's mind. And that is the role of your brand, to create that premium price, justify it, and have people be happy to pay for your premium price. The brand that you develop attracts opportunities and justifies your premium price. And I think that that is the number, the cornerstone of thinking about your profile as a brand. So let's talk about how do you do that? There are three elements. There are, there are three very simple uh, pillars to build your brand. It has to be relevant, distinctive, and purposeful. If you can articulate this well, then you have a powerful brand. And this is a very simple for, uh, uh, framework. It goes in depth. And for example, this conversation we're having now is about um, 30,000 foot view of these elements. There is a 10,000 foot view, which is a webinar that you can, you're welcome to attend and I will show you where, that goes into the ABCs of how to do it in more detail. And um, there is a ground level view in which you are actually in the trenches building it. And that's a seven week program that I teach. So this um, the 10,000 foot view is at brandme.ca, brandmi.ca. And uh, what I would love to offer you is a free template of what you're going to see. If you go to that site, you can either register for the webinar on the green button and 
or you can just download your free template. Both of them are free, but you can choose which one you want to, to do. And I encourage you to do that because then that's, uh, that's something that you can uh, basically take away from here and uh, practice a little bit, start practicing on what I'm going to show you. So uh, the template you will get looks some uh, more or less like this, and this is how you download it when you go there. So let's let's get into how do you make a brand relevant. And for your convenience, I have left the um, webinar address here, brandme.ca. So you make it, the important thing to think about when you are making a brand relevant is to understand that people do not buy products. They don't hire you for your skills. They buy states of mind. They buy a desired way in which they want to feel. They want to feel reassured or um, successful or get away from the bad things that may happen by virtue of using what you offer. That desired state of mind is crucial to understand. And for that, you have to define your audience. The number one thing to keep in mind for this is to understand that building audiences is not done based on digital marketing techniques. Those are like very basic and I encourage you to go beyond that. You need to understand beliefs, ambitions, desires, fears, opinions, perceptions that are similar to a group of people so that you can address them in a consistent way. For example, when you say, for you who believe that, and then that creates an audience that goes beyond the demographics. And um, I would like to um, emphasize that demographics are only very superficial definitions. The psychographic elements are important. Let me show you an example. This is from an actual client who was talking to C-level executives in the retail industry. What do you think of this definition? I am talking to C-level executives in the retail industry. Is that a good definition? I would say it is a terrible definition. It is only demographic. It doesn't tell you anything. They're, how are you going to address them and, and create a valuable statement if you're only this generic? Let me show you another way to do it. And this is the output after people went through the exercise of creating an audience. And it will go something like this. For you leaders going through major disruption, who feel stressed by the decisions you must make and crave to feel supported. Now that's a definition. I know how to work with that. If you give this to a copywriter, they know exactly the needs that, that you're targeting and how you're going to be approaching this in a way that nobody else is doing. See the difference? So point number one, Make sure that your definition is psychographic and it's based on human desires, wants, ambitions, fears, etc. The second thing is how to be distinctive. And this is where you create your unique, your unequal value proposition. And the, the core, the core practice here is to express your attributes as benefits. So for example, um, I want to ask you the same question. Would you say this is a good definition of uh, value of the person of a person's value. I am good at analytics, and this comes from an actual real example of a client. I would say it's a terrible way to showcase your value. No matter how good your analytics, you nobody really cares. What people want to hear is if you're thinking about the state of mind that I showed you before. 
What do you think of this? I increase confidence in your decisions. Now that makes a difference. And I'm going to show you why, because then you can add the because I and add all of the reasons to believe. So I am increasing your confidence in your decisions because I am great at analytics. So that's where your skills come. That's where your experience comes only as a support. And then the last piece of the model is purpose. So, and purpose is really why you do what you do. And this is based on actions, not your words. So you don't have to tell people about your purpose every time. You just have to act in that way. And people will notice if it is consistent with the other part, which is when you speak and then you act, then people are going to create, a, the, the, are going to build in their minds the image that you are creating. And this is primarily because people align to values, principles, and convictions. So once that you have that, then it creates uh, something that is distinctive. And there will be no other one. As many people as there are in this planet, like 8 billion people, there can be 8 billion distinctive value propositions because they're attached to a specific desire in the, uh, in the audience. So if we want to put it all together, this is what it would look like. This is a very simple, deceivingly simple brand positioning statement. And I have kept it very simple because um, I want to focus everyone's attention and, and energy in creating quality statements behind each one of these five elements. For the audience that I want to influence, who think, feel, or believe, that's the mindset or the desired state of mind of their audience. I am or I do, and that's the most compelling benefit because I, all of the things that support it. And I do what I do because this is my purpose. So in this example that I've been showing you, I'm gonna read it in one shot so that you see how it would, it would look like. For you leaders going through major disruption, who feel overstressed by the decisions, decisions you must make and crave to feel supported, I increase your confidence in your decisions because I use advanced analytics that reduce your risk, because I make the process clear, because I make complicated things simple, because I reduce your uncertainty. And then here's my purpose. So getting to this simplification takes a little bit of time, but by the time you're here, you have an incredible asset that actually can take you to where you want to uh, go in influencing the people that you need to influence. So there is, um, this, it's very important that you understand that you don't use this page to communicate uh, directly. This is a strategic document. You need to bring it down. Once that you have it, you need to bring it down to specific words and codes. So um, what I mean by codes is what you actually say verbally and you put in your uh, documents that you market yourself with and the visuals that you choose. So for example, the five second escalator speech, which as you remember, I shared mine at the beginning by saying that I wake up sleepy brands, which is relevant to my audience. That's what people in my audience want to uh, hear. Uh, and, and it includes headlines, taglines, keywords, and phrases. So um, there is a process to convert that strategic document into something that is consumable. And then that is also going into visual shapes and patterns that you can use in your social media. So the key is that at the end of the day, you will have um, 
for example, your five second scalier pitch, but that goes as the backbone for all of these things that influence your profile picture, your bio, your resume, your networking one pager, your profile, your YouTube channel, and all the content that you can put around yourself in order to leverage this brand. So let me show you an example of how this code thing works. So let's say that you're using the strategic document I show you and you take the unique value proposition. I increase confidence in your decisions. And then let's assume that you are in an introduction. Let's call this person John. So John is meaning a potential employer. So the employer says, tell me about yourself. And then John says, hello, I am John. And I help people gain confidence when making big decisions. Did you notice how this is written in a more colloquial way? And that is because it has been translated into a code that is relevant. I help people gain confidence when making big decisions. So as soon as you stop, when you say this, people start going like, hmm, tell me more, how do you do that? And once that you have that, then you have a big step forward because then you can go into providing more information. I used advanced analytics that reduce risk. That's how I help people gain confidence. So you see, you always come back to the same benefit, but the benefit is what sticks with people's in people's heads. And that benefit um, is what people will remember. They will they will tell others about it instead of just saying, well, I saw someone who has great analytic skills. Now this pe person actually is talking about making big decisions and how they help make big decisions. So that's one example. I wanna make sure that we have enough time for questions. So um, I can go back to any slide as needed, but I promised um, Rina and Kim that I was going to allow for questions because this session is for you. And I would love to make sure that you get as much value out of it as possible. So the one thing that I would say before I pass it over to, um, uh, to Rina is um, get started now. Don't wait until you have to do it. Don't wait until you are in transition. Don't wait until you actually have to convince someone to invest in your business. Do it in advance because it takes time. I mean, I made it very simple so that people can use it, but then invest the time in actually working on it. And um, by virtue of doing that, um, it becomes stronger and uh, more valuable to you. It becomes an asset. Anyway, so if you're interested, happy to see you at the webinar at brandme.ca and I am uh, ready to answer your questions. So, um, Rina, I'm ready for questions. Excellent. Thank you so much, Peter. I think I'm going to echo one of the students' uh, comments. That was such a refreshing perspective. And uh, the tell me about yourself question, I know a lot of times students think that we pound it over the head and uh, go over it, but it was, you know, really comforting to hear from you, even at the CEO level and people that you're coaching at very high levels are still struggling with um, putting that uh, response together in a really impactful way. Um, but your, um, your, your, I guess I could say your slant on it, where it's, um, you know, not just I am good at, but rather I'm a solution to your problem and, and branding yourself that way is, is really genius in so many ways. And I think it takes practice.
I think that um, students and, and all of us really will walk away thinking about, you know, what is my personal brand positioning statement as a start? And then from there, then breaking it down into code so that we can we can present ourselves in that way. And that's so very helpful. I, I love the way that you uh, position this and summarized it. And thank you so much for presenting that. I'm sure that there might be some questions. So please, um, students and audience, don't be shy. Peter's, uh, as he said, this is about you. So if there are any questions, you can put them in the chat box or feel free to take your um, mics and cameras off uh, and ask questions. So I see that Daniel is typing something. He's he's mind blown. I don't know if you can see the comments now that you're not sharing your screen I am anymore. Begin, I'm beginning yeah. to see that. Yes. Yeah. Um. So so Navneet is asking any tips or rubric for introducing yourself. Yes. Um. The first thing is to understand who you're meeting with and what they expect. Make it all about them not about you it's about them and as simple as it may sound it takes practice and the more you talk about their problems the more you find out about their problems there are two things that are going to happen they're going to say oh my god this person is really empathetic they really <laughs> are interested in me and i want to hear about me i mean that's that's human that's human nature but the more important thing is that as soon as you introduce your value as a response to that need, that is going to be incredibly powerful. So I want to tell you something that is, um, you want to leave every meeting with the sense that, let's say if you're meeting with me and I am interviewing you for a new, new job, you want me to leave that meeting excited and go tell my grandmother that I met you in a simple way with the words you gave me. I met Rina and she's amazing at dot, dot, dot. Well, I met Kim and I am so pumped that she can do this. If you can do that, you can imagine that there is going to be a ripple effect. People are going to start talking about you. People are going to go from being a one-on-one -on -one to a two-to-one to a four-to-one to a six-to-one. But you have to make it simple. So do your question. I, um, that is the number one job that you need to do. You make sure that you understand who they are. For example, you're meeting for a, for, for a job interview, do your homework in understand really what they do. So go deeper. If you go to their LinkedIn profile, don't just look at the roles that they've had or what kind of role they're trying to fill. Try to understand the issues that they're facing. Try to understand what they write about. I mean, people who are on LinkedIn usually leave a trace of what is the what is the issue that they're trying to feel. So if you get to the to the interview knowing that you will guide the conversation towards that solution and then you take control of the interview. And that is the most powerful thing you can do. Now just imagine I'm going to give you the next level up if you don't allow me before you meet with them send them some content that you have written about this. Hey, we're going to meet on Tuesday. I thought that you might find this post that I did on LinkedIn valuable to you because it relates to your industry in such and such way. By the time you meet with them, they're going to be blown away. They're going to say, oh my God, you're not a, you're not a stranger. Thank you for sending that to me. Or you can also do the other way. You can take some of their content 
comment on that on LinkedIn and post it to the world and send them a copy. Say why you loved it. They're going to appreciate it because people put stuff on LinkedIn because they want to get noticed. So you're actually creating that immediate report that will not make you be a complete stranger by the time you meet them. Does this help? I mean, I have a ton of other examples, but uh, give me feedback on whether or not this is actually helping. That's it's absolutely helpful. I think that that concept of becoming familiar before you even walk in through the door, through the actions of either reposting something on LinkedIn is, is a great tip. Um, we do, Daniel's got lots to say here, so I want to share this with you. Um, storytelling is a great way to introduce ourselves, but usually there's not enough time. What Peter showed us today is an excellent way to create impact from the beginning. Yes, I agree. Uh, there's a question, how to balance the use of yeah, the corporate cloak. I, I, I love that analogy. Um, the, the question is how to balance the use of the corporate cloak and our personal brand. I've heard that it could be disrespectful to promote ourselves while we are working for a company. Great question, Daniel. Um, I think that it all depends. It's not the what, but it's the how. Daniel, I would encourage you not to um, not to feel constrained by that, by that feeling that, oh, I cannot promote myself while I'm working with someone else. It's not disrespectful as long as you do it in a proper manner. And you're, don't forget that you're building credibility for you. You're creating an image around you that shows your expertise. And um, there is nothing wrong with doing that. Um, I, I've heard this many times, and as I said in the presentation, we fall into the trap of being very shy. I would like to invite you to take the other approach. And that's why knowing how to do it is important. You don't want to go and be boastful because I would never advise you to do that. That would be negative. But if you do it in the right way, the way that I described it, there's only going to be benefits. And then your, your own organization may end up thanking you for that because actually you're building their brand as well. You're going to say, well, great people work for that company. I want to work there. So they will be grateful for that if it's a good company. Of course, there are people who who don't like that. But um, don't, don't, don't fall into the trap of error number three. Error number three, which is being too shy. Um, and, and, and I think being properly Canadian in the approach is being honest. That's my take on that. Honesty is the true humility. I am not more than this, but I'm not less than this. I am just what I am, and this is my value. Thanks. That's great, Peter. It's uh, that the how almost seems like more important than the what in some ways, or at least equally. When you already have the brand, then you can find so many ways to do it. Here goes another one to your point. Social listening. Listen to the comments people make and comment on them from your voice. So, for example, if you get under the post of a big influencer, in the in in the space that you're in let's say it's in finance or fintech and then you add value by adding comments and following up on the comments that other comment other people comment on inside you're going to become visible right away then if you do that consistently people will appreciate that especially if you do it in a positive way that's very important and 
I cannot stress this enough. When you comment this way, you build your brand by, first of all, speaking from the tonality of your brand, but also by always being positive. So it's always yes and, yes and. Don't forget that because in that case, you're creating that positive response. And you will be surprised how people will even say, well, um, thank you for that and um, respond back and say and continue the conversation. Then you can continue the conversation with people and they can be as senior as you can imagine. But then something magic happens. By the third time you interact with them, you can send an invitation and I guarantee you 99% that they will say yes. They will get into your network because they found value based on a clear promise from your brand positioning. That is the power of a powerful brand. You can create it and you can actually teach people how to think of you. I've been putting this together for a long time and I have put it based on all, put it together based on the, on, on the good and the bad, as I said at the beginning, that I've been going through. And so that's why I'm happy to share this with uh, with the world and especially with people who are interested in creating a career and building their own brand because um, you're, I believe that every individual, all of us have a talent that deserves to be properly presented. I always find it a shame when the talent is here and we don't market it well and therefore it doesn't get the recognition. Yeah, that those that's really, really so many good points in all of that, Peter, uh, the things, the takeaways for me are, you know, opportunities are all around you. One of your main opportunities was on a plane. It wasn't at a structured networking event. So I think it's really important to, again, develop your brand proposition, work on it, have it ready because you don't know where an opportunity is going to come from. And then, and it's certainly doesn't have to be at a traditional networking event. Um, the other main takeaway is that I don't think there's an employer out there that wouldn't be impressed by someone who presented themselves as a solution to their problem. And obviously it has to be authentic and it has to be genuine because if you get the opportunity, then you're going to have to perform. So I think one of the key things you said is basing it on your own talent and making sure that you take an inventory and you know yourself and you know what your talent is so that you can communicate it as a solution to the problem to someone Precisely. Else. Yeah. Fantastic summary, Irene. I think that that is exactly it. And, um, and, and it is one of those things that you need to carry with you at all times. Your verbal codes are so important because sometimes it is just an opportunity, you know, that comes up in any time and especially in networking events. I mean, when you're in a networking event, you go all out. You actually, you know, that's when your brand is actually in full display. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, part of the part of the program that I that I teach it has a specific section on networking. The number one thing that you can create is a follow up conversation. Most networking meetings and even when you refer to someone else, they end there. There is there there is nothing more. And, and I discover why. And here it goes. That's a that's an insight that I learned. They don't go anywhere because people fail. We fail to ask a simple question: How can I help you? How what kind of help do you need? 
And it's amazing how people open up like that because all of us need help. It doesn't matter if you could be anywhere in your career. You could be the CEO or you could be the, um, the apprentice and everyone needs help. And on the other hand, everybody can help. Everybody can help. So that insight opens the opportunity for you, if you're networking, for a second conversation. Because they, well, you know, I'm thinking about this, but I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. Then you take it away with you and then you follow up with, you know, I found this that you may find interesting. Thank you for the conversation, but here is an added value that I can give you. It's an article, it's a video, it's my point of view. It's a post that I wrote. It's, um, you know, anything with an added value and people always respond to that. So a lot of my long-term relationships come from just asking that simple question. So if I can ask you as soon as you meet someone, don't leave the conversation by asking, what kind of help do you need? What, what kind of support do you want? If I can, I will be more than happy to help you. I have a network. I have, and, has, and, and, and it is amazing. Uh, it is amazing what happens when you do that. So there's always something you can say. There's always something you can add value and people then uh, remember you and they want to have a second conversation and maybe a third and a fourth and a fifth. Don't do transactional networking. Transactional networking, which is when you're asking for people to introduce you to others, they may do it once and that's it. But then when you create the relationship, then it actually creates value that goes back directly to your personal brand. Um, so students are are putting in the chat box. It's exploding with, you know, great takeaways. Uh, honesty is the true humility. They like that very much. Um, very interested in a networking seminar. Um, many key points. Again, a main takeaway was your main job is to teach people how to think about you. Otherwise, you're in a dangerous position where they can assume whatever they want. Uh, we, we have a really attentive audience here. They're picking up on a lot of the details, which is great. Another comment here is that this is an ever going activity, a, a lifestyle uh, by Daniel. And that's very true, Daniel. We're constantly, uh, you know, redeveloping our our personal branding and I think as we're growing in our career so it's not something that just as a student you're looking at as as Peter mentioned it's lifelong and you know we have people in very high positions that are that are working on it as well this is a journey um, that has its good and bad days that's what I have found and that's why my model for branding includes the third pillar which is purpose Purpose is such a big chapter in the program because that goes to why do you do what you do? I mean, really, I mean, you're a marketer, you're, you're an engineer, you're a finance guy. Why do you do that? What is behind that? And then when you dig deep enough, then you find the true meaning of your work. And um, it is difficult because this is the kind of thing that hurts. I, I mean, the client just, earlier today at noon was telling me, you know what, this thing actually hurts. And it hurts because it puts you right in front of a mirror and forces you to say, yeah, this is what I, the value that I have and these are the things that I don't have. And, and, and by virtue of knowing yourself and you get this tremendous confidence um, 
which will save you in bad days. And that I want to go back to your point um, that you uh, just asked. Um, the if you don't have if you don't do purpose in the bad days, all your effort is going to feel very difficult to push forward. So, but if you go back to the real reason why you do what you do, why you're in business, why you're in your career, then that will protect that energy that you should always have and we don't always have. I mean, sometimes we were faced with big obstacles, but then when you go back to your purpose, which is much bigger than your career, then that's where you get re-energized. And I believe that that is the true, the true meaning of uh, brand purpose. Thank you very, very much, Peter. We're, uh, I'm sorry we're a little bit over time, but oh, it was sorry. so, so, so engaging and so interesting. And uh, you definitely gave us uh, a lot of food for thought for developing our own personal brands. So this was the keynote at Humber College. I hope that you found it valuable. I hope that you find insight that will help you build your personal brand with better strategies so that you can create a bigger impact for your business and your career. Uh, let me know your thoughts and if you want more information about this uh, it's all in the podcast description and it's also showing up on your screen and um, reach out i'd love to know what you think about this and as i said in the keynote the full version of the webinar is available at brandme.ca and that's brandmi.ca where you can find a lot more information about this topic that is helpful for business people at all levels. Thank you again, and now we'll see you the next time. Take care. This was Brand Igniter, a podcast from Brand Igniter Inc. Subscribe and join us next time for more insights and stories that help brand leaders achieve exceptional business results. Brand Igniter helps your organization by improving your brand strategy, upskilling your marketing teams, and facilitating your strategic meetings. For more information, visit our website at brandigniter.ca.